Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Welcome to the program, everyone. Every week on Jordan, Jesse, go, I get together with my friend Jordan. Mm-hmm. Uh, we pursue quixotic flights of fancy. That's giving us a lot of credit. (laughs) Comic circumlocutions. (laughs) That's a nice way to say it. It's a really classy way. We're like a couple of Shakespearean mechanicals, Jordan. Yeah, I think so too. Is that is that where someone plays the wall? Malapropisms. Sure. I think they play the chink in the wall. You mean right? The The crack in in the the wall. wall. Yeah. Yeah, not the ethnic slur. No. Apologies to anyone who instinctively recoiled when I said an ethnic slur that also has another meaning, which is used in Midsummer Night's Dream. <laughs> Jordan, can I ask you a serious question? I would love that. Well, I have two, I have two things that okay. I want to say. Sure. Three things. I'm going to say three things. Okay. So the third of them will be the serious question. Okay. What are the two others going to be? You'll find out, won't you? Oh, okay. I mean, I'm prepped for one serious thing, so I'm bracing myself. But is there, I mean, is there anything I can, you know, just something one I can start? One inspirational thing. Okay. One congratulatory thing. Great. And one serious thing. Okay. Except I forgot what the serious thing is. Okay. Here's the first thing is. Inspirational. Inspirational. Hey, Jordan, it's 2016. Mm-hmm. Get him, get him, get him. Oh, my gosh. I forgot. I Yes, that's right. We need to get him, get him, get him. Get him, get him, get him, Jordan. It's our slogan for the year as we figured out last week. Shirts on sale now, maxfunstore.com. Brian made a design literally while we were sitting there recording the show. It looks dope. Should you purchase them, purchase them, purchase them? Yeah, you should cop them. You should get them, get them, get them, Jordan. Right. <laughs> uh, maxfunstore.com. Yeah, you won't, and these are limited time only, so mm-hmm. get on that. That's number one. Uh, number two, I was lucky enough to go to Hollywood Center Studios mm. here in Los Angeles. Sure, the home of home of Lucy herself. And see my friends, uh, Jordan Morris, Brian Safi, and Aaron Gibson. Mm-hmm. Brian and Aaron, of course, being the co-hosts of the hilarious podcast Throwing Shade. Cripplingly hilarious sure. podcast Throwing Shade. Uh, compete on uh, television's hit program At Midnight mm-hmm. with host Chris Hardwick. That's the one. Congratulations on... Your spectacular performance on the show. Thank you. I was in the audience busting a gut. Sure. Then, later, I watched again on television and busted a gut again. Two guts. You can watch the extended, uncensored version of that program on ComedyCentral.com. Mm-hmm. I'm letting you know that, Jordan. Thank you, yeah. Uh, if you want to see. I'd love to bust a gut at myself. It was a great time. I saw your sister, your mother. I met Brad. Oh, you met home. You met my stepdad, Brad. Yeah, I met your stepdad, Brad. What did that you, was I, nice. Yeah, I think my mom and Brad took off after the show. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> they were embarrassed. Sure, yes, because of the humiliation. <laughs> uh, I'm assuming it was the long drive to Orange County, but it could be uh, yeah. It could be the the disappointment that I am. Sure. Uh, what, did, you get a, did you get a vibe from Brad? Was he having fun? Brad was happy to be there. I was okay. not prepared for the fact that you had not – I knew a lot about Brad. Mm-hmm. In fact, so much – I knew so much about Brad that I felt like sometimes when someone introduces themselves to you or me mm-hmm. and they listen to the show and they say, I feel like I know so much about you even sure. though we've never met, I feel like because of my favorite podcast, Jordan Jesse Go, sure. I know so much about Brad – in his trombone playing, right? Uh, and yet, I had never met him. Uh, something, something funny about Brad. This might be a little. It might be a little too 
regional for everyone to appreciate. But uh-huh. I, I'll, I'll tell it and maybe I can give it some context. Right. So, uh, Brad. Jordan, it, can I ask you a question about this? Please. Uh, this does involve the store that only sells glow-in-the-dark stuff. <laughs> At the, at the Irvine Spectrum. Spectrum no, right? apparently, no, this is not a part of the story at all. It does okay. involve the sword store at the okay, Irvine good. Spectrum. Thank God. The store where you go to buy swords. <laughs> yeah. Replica weapons from Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Uh, Harry Potter, what have you. Yeah, you want to have a couple of those around the house uh, for when you're doing bath salts. <laughs> sure, <laughs> yeah. Uh, in case anybody tries to fuck with your shit. Yeah. Um. Uh, so, so Brad is in the uh, he lives in Orange County and he's part of the like uh, he part of the like big band scene. Mm-hmm. Like uh, he has a he has a day job in computers, but uh, you know when the sun goes down, you know the suspenders come on, <laughs> the spit valve gets emptied. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So we were I went home for Christmas. I went to visit them in Huntington Beach, and we were watching on the like on one of those weird HD channels that uh-huh. people have. Yeah. You know those that, you yeah. know, it's called like the sure they're all it's owned called like by Mark Cuban. Yeah, it's called like the Elysium Network. It's like something like some weird the Avalon Network, like some yep. strange thing. Uh, we were watching the Camry a, Network. Uh, we were watching an HD performance of uh, Brian Setzer's yearly Christmas show mm-hmm. that he does. That sounds like a fun Christmas show. It's a lot of fun, and uh, and you know Brian Setzer has his you know signature rockabilly guitar, and he's backed by a big band. And every time they would cut to a member of the big band, Brad would, Brad would tell me who that guy was and what he thought of him. <laughs> <laughs> Knew cool. every guy in Brian Setzer's band. <laughs> I was really impressed. Do you think at this point, like, the more extended parts of a big band, mm-hmm. like, your, 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 not just your, uh, your first chair horn players, but your right. second and third chair horn players and your... Um, your flautists mm-hmm. and your, you know what I mean. You know what I'm talking about. Like, not the not the ones who show up when they when they pay for eight people to be there, but mm-hmm. the ones who show up when they pay for fourteen sure. yeah, or yeah. eighteen people mm-hmm. to be there. Um, do you think those people are just pooled among the still working swing revival acts? Yeah. Like, do you think the Cherry Pop and Daddies, right? And you know, Big Bad Voodoo Dad, any da- band that had Daddy in their name? Yeah. You think that they share those six people? They each has their own core of five, right? Then they each share six people for when they get really good gigs. <laughs> yeah, I, I bet there's just a, I bet there's a pool. I mean, I think you would have to be really, really into the Cherry Pop and Daddies to go like, oh, that's not their original touring trombonist. <laughs> So, but you know, you go. You want to see the, you know, you want to see the vocalist. He puts a nice spin on the solos, though. Sure, yeah, adds a little, uh, you know, <laughs> Sure, I mean, but he had some like some really interesting time signatures. Yeah, it's That's about true. the it's about the notes he's not playing. Yeah. during Zoot Suit Riot. Yeah, <laughs> I am so. Can I tell you that I've been carrying since you know, the song Zoot Suit Riot, which mm-hmm. was a hit for the Cherry Pop and Daddies twenty some years ago sure. or whatever. Um. I have no problem with uh, big band jazz music, mm-hmm. uh, nor do I have any problem with uh, actually uh, like uh, jump blues music, which is sure. generally the kind of music that it's a little maybe a little closer to. You know, it's less Benny Goodman, a little mm-hmm. more Louis Jordan. Mm-hmm. You know, but I like that. I sure. enjoy that music. Mm-hmm. And generally, the swing revival I saw as a positive thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, sure, was it silly? Yeah, mm-hmm. but like, I like the outfits. Sure. I like, you know, I like a lot of things about it. But the fact that that hit song was called Zoot Suit Riot. Right. Is 
so amazing to me. You know, I think that is a – I mean, this doesn't change the audacity of it, but yeah. I think that it is a cover of a song from that era. Is it really? I think it is. I mean, this is something but maybe I mean, Brian could figure okay, out. But... So I'm going to I'm gonna drop some context. Sure. I think, like, the Zoot Suit riots were basically – there was this thing that uh, Chicano teenagers and 20-somethings in Southern California especially – uh, in the early 1940s, would wear zoot suits, uh, and because of racism against them, and also xenophobia, a combination of mm-hmm. racism and xenophobia, uh, there was this thing called the zoot suit riots, which essentially was a bunch of Navy guys uh, and other service members who mm-hmm. were on shore leave in Los Angeles, uh, basically led a mass lynching. <laughs> Um, Latino guys. I mean, they didn't mostly get killed. They mostly got beat up, but people did get killed, I think. Right. But, like, I'm talking about, like, in in one, I can't remember how long it was. It was a few days, I think. Over one few-day period, like, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of young Chicano kids got the shit kicked out of them by service members while the police just, like, watched and nodded. Right. Uh, And that's a hit novelty song. Yeah, sure. That was on the radio after Sublime for a while. I mean, it's like I'm sure that there's I'm sure that there's there's songs that say like "Let's us whites go a lynching" that were hits in 1945. <laughs> you don't see them covering those. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, I guess I don't I don't know that. I mean, and I don't specifically remember every lyric to this song, but I think it was. I don't know if it was pro. I mean, it's probably on the side of the Chicanos. I would guess the song. Yeah. No, it's about it's basically just uses the phrase. Right. It's like if I it's like if there was a fashion craze. Uh-huh. I think in it was I think it was about the I think it was like strange fruit. I think it was about the the riots. I don't think it was about swing dancing. I think it was the story of that situation. Really? Let's look at the lyrics. Okay. I I don't know. I think it was I think it was I don't think it was, you know, zoot suit riot. Grab your girl, Lindy Hop. It was Zoot Suit Riot. Throw back a bottle of beer, wasn't it? I think so. Let's let's see. Let's see. And draw a comb through your coal black hair. <laughs> Have you ever? You've probably seen. You went to theater school. You probably saw Zoot Suit, right? Uh, did I? We I definitely read it in Edward college. James almost. Yeah. Man, the movie of it is. Uh, it's like one of those movies that's basically uh, most that's like substantially a record direct recording of a play, but it's really great. It's totally great. No, that's what the Zoot Suit Riots are. I didn't... Okay. Okay, do you have it? Uh, let's see. I have the Wikipedia Zoot Suit Riot song. Okay, I Googled... Don't worry, I got it. I okay. Googled Zoot Suit Riot lyrics. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to go to this shady lyrics website. Pipes and chains and swinging hands. Who's your daddy? Yes, I am. Are, you, are we able to see... I think there was something like, you know, was about. It's about the Zoot Suit Riots. Sure. It actually is, but I do not. I do not sense any explicit. Sure. Anti Zoot Suit <laughs> Riots. <laughs> right. Like, I guess that you could argue. Mm-hmm. Uh, a whipped up jitterbug and brown eyed man. That's the Latino sure. guy. A stray cat fronting up an eight-piece band. Mm-hmm. Cut me, Sammy, and you'll understand. In my veins, hot music ran. Mm. You got me in a sway, and I want to swing you, dove. Now you sailors know where your woman women come for love. Mm. 
again, like you could say, like, yeah, they're saying that the this is from the perspective of the Mexican, one of the Latinos. the Mexican and Mexican American guys are uh, stealing their women, and so like that's good, right? But then again, that's also a justification for beating up Mexican and Mexican American <laughs> sure. guys, other than just regular old racism. Okay, now you now I want to hear your inter- interpretation sure. of this part. Okay. Uh, uh, you're in a zoot suit riot. You're in a zoot suit riot. You're in a zoot suit riot. Mm-hmm. Zoo zoot zio. Zoo zoot za zoo ze. Mm-hmm. Ble abayida. Mm-hmm. Ze ze ze. Uh-huh. Zoo zoot zi o. Zoo zoot za zoo ze. Yep. Ze zoo mm-hmm. ze ze zoo. Day day day. Well, I mean. I think what you are on is the uh, lyrics uh, page for the Esperanto version. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm on the lyrics page for the uh, uh, for the Fugue State version. <laughs> right. After all the uh, Cherry Pop and Daddies have uh, huffed paint. When they have one of those... When they have one of those uh, verbal migraines where you can't form right. words. <laughs> <laughs> so brave of them to keep performing there throughout is, those. Here's the thing. Okay. Nothing. I've looked through these lyrics. Sure. There, it definitely is actually about the right. Zoot Suit Riots, which I did not know. That's sure. new information to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, none of this is clearly anti-Zoot Suit <laughs> right. Riots. Right, sure. <laughs> like, it really just describes the situation. Mm-hmm. And then with a lot of scatting. Like, suggesting that it's fun. Sure. It's so, a riot. It's a real gas. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, they're all dead now, the cherry popping yeah. daddies, so. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> long, long may they reign. hmm Okay, so we've addressed the cherry popping daddies. Here's my serious question. Okay, serious question. You... Oh, you know what? Can I, just before we move on mm-hmm. from, uh, At Midnight. Yeah. I have a fun story about some of the fallout from that episode. Okay, why don't we start the next segment with the serious question. We'll close this segment with this fun story. That's great. Uh, so, uh, if, if you watch the program, you know that um, a, 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 a regular feature of At Midnight is Hashtag Wars. Mm-hmm. That's where uh, 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 Cardwick gives a prompt for a, you know, a pun or a joke premise. Uh, and then you know the comics give give their answers, and then people are uh, are urged to play along on Twitter using the hashtag. For instance, if now, it was you don't even you don't even have to have watched the program. Sure. If you've used Twitter, sure, this is probably the most successful su- successful social media campaign in sure. television history. Well, I mean, there's been show us your Arby's moment. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> what everybody was yeah. showing off their Arby's moments. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yes, this when is my the... first child was born. I just put that sandwich right down in there. Yeah, <laughs> this you is know? my yeah. Just put the put the beef and cheddar by his little head. <laughs> Let the horsey sauce drip right on his soft spot. Yep. Um, so uh, yes, this is the thing on Twitter that you might be annoyed by around eight thirty at night. Right. Um, so the hashtag uh, for that episode was Guy Fieri movies. I think Guy Fieri is our like is our like favorite, you know, just go to thing to make fun of. Yeah, well, he's, he's absurd. Yeah, and uh, he can take the punches. He's still a, he's still on top yeah, of the pile. Yeah, I think he has more than one TV show now. Uh-huh. I think he has several TV shows on the Food Network. And he's not sweating it. In yeah, general. yeah, he's just a really fun. And for some reason, you know, it's it's so it's so tough to to know what people will and won't get as a joke reference. Uh, for instance, mm-hmm. uh, a couple of people have, have tried to make uh, making a murderer jokes on At Midnight met with complete silence. And I think it's one of those things that like 
Sure, your media elites are right, obsessed exactly. with making a murderer. Uh-huh. Uh, Hamilton. Also, people want to make all these Hamilton jokes on it. It's like none of these people have know what Hamilton is. No. Um, but for some reason, you can just make a joke about Guy Fieri and people will go nuts. So he's, uh, he's a tried and true joke target. Yeah. Um, so we did Guy Fieri movies, adding some Guy Fieri shit into the title of a movie. Guess who loved Guy Fieri movies? Oh, God. Okay. My first thought sure. is Nigella Lawson. Yeah. Well, <laughs> she loved, loves the hashtag wars, Nigella Lawson. Uh, Guy Fieri loved it. Can't you see Nigella Lawson doing a couple bumps? Yeah. You know, late at night. Right. She gets pumped up and starts writing It's logged puns. on. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, uh, we did it in honor of his birthday, and he, his tweet was, imagine, you know, I was so, so stoked to wake up to see Guy Fieri movies trending. Yeah. And then he did a bunch of them himself, and he retweeted a bunch of people. A lot of celebrity chefs did it. Man, I like this guy more and more every time I interact with something He's best he friends does. with Smash Mouth. There you go. They wrote a cookbook together, or he wrote the foreword to their cookbook. Something like that. Yeah. They collaborated on a cookbook. I think they had I, a hard-boiled egg-eating contest. Is that Yeah, true? there was also a hard-boiled egg-eating contest. Right. Uh, in San Jose. Uh-huh. I went to his restaurant in New York and really liked it. Thought the food was really good. I guess I like this guy now. I'm now. You went to the one in Times Square. I did the one that got the famously bad. That, New that York guy Times was review. on Fresh Air the other day. Mm, the, uh, the New York Times restaurant sure. critic. What did he? He did another viral slam recently. <sighs> yeah, of per se. Okay. Yeah, he slammed per se the legendary Thomas Keller restaurant in New York. He gave it two stars. Mm. Downgraded it from four to two stars. Oh my. Um. There weren't he, enough dipping sauces? He was explaining how much he loves Guy Fieri-style food mm-hmm. and how much he likes Guy Fieri as a television personality. Mm-hmm. And he was just disappointed with the food at that restaurant. Okay. Sorry, New York Times restaurant critic. I call bullshit. <laughs> yeah. There seems to be a... <laughs> nope. Not y- buying it. <laughs> yeah. You are probably a an unpleasant snob. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I think there's the backlash to that of like... He might be a pleasant snob. He might be a pleasant snob. Uh, but yeah, it seems like those takedowns are, you know, you can kind of see the, you can kind of see the, I don't know, classism in them, you know? Yeah, sure. Uh, but yeah. Certainly in their viral explosion. Yeah, yeah. I think when they are shared with ha ha ha, you can see the, you know, (laughs) can you believe the pores are into this? Oh, you pores. Uh, but yeah, I, I went and legitimately liked the food. So, you know what? I, I... I don't know. I, I feel differently about Guy Fieri now than I did last week. I want to know how they feel about Guy Fieri in Santa Rosa. Now, is that where he's from? Yeah. My mom teaches at Santa Rosa sure. Junior College uh-huh. and has for Oh, now, that's where his now. That's where his like flagship restaurant, Ass Full of Garlic, is, right? Yeah. <laughs> is that what it's called? Is that what it's called? It has garlic in the name. It has, and it doesn't have, it might be Ass Load of Garlic. Ass Load of Garlic? <laughs> Johnny, Johnny Garlic. Garlics. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds a, almost the same as Aslan of Garlic. <laughs> same deal. Yeah. Yeah, I bet he's a I bet he's a local hero. Did he come up with any did he come up with any good lines? Uh let's see. Oh, let me see. Let me how about this? How about I check Guy Fieri's Twitter? Yeah. Uh we come back from the segment. Yeah. I'll lay down some hashtag Guy Fieri movies. Yeah. And you can tell me the serious thing. Okay, we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. La <laughs> 
Podcasts. 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 <laughs> They're audio programs that, that tell smart stories in innovative ways using editing techniques like, like this. this. Like this. Like this. Yeah. But let's face it, all that smart stuff can be exhausting. That's where Stop Podcasting Yourself comes in. It's so stupid. It's just two stupid dinguses being dumb idiot jerks for 90 minutes. Stop podcasting yourself. The stupid show that smart people love. Find it on iTunes or MaximumFun.org. It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, the voice of the millennial generation. Jordan Morris, boy detective. So, Jordan, what, what, is, what is Guy Fieri's okay. contributions to Guy Fieri movies? Uh, there's a lot of them, which is a little tacky. Yeah. Uh, you know, By I've, the way, I've, I know that you're becoming a guy who likes Guy Fieri. Mm-hmm. I heard through the show business rumor mill, mm-hmm. I know someone who works in that part of the show business, in the food network sure. part of the show business industry, uh, and... Uh, they said something really bad about him. Oh. Which was that he kind of like uh, forced the people who created diners, dive-ins, and dives Mm -hmm. out of the show Mm. uh, because when he became a star after the first season that he did of the show. Gotcha. Started swinging that greasy dick of his around. Exactly. And and pushed out the people who had actually... created and hmm. molded the show hmm. and turned him into a star. Well, showbiz machinations I don't aside, know if that's true. I just heard about that. Go ahead. All I know is these hilarious Guy Fieri movies. Well, okay. A couple things. Yeah. He, he, he did a lot of them, which I think, you know, you and I both follow a lot of comics on Twitter. And when people get too into a hashtag game, you know, at midnight sanctioned or otherwise, you kind of feel like give it a rest. So here are his. Silence of the Lambshanks, Forest Gumbo, Natural Born Grillers, Into the Deep Dish, Ferris Bueller's Cook-Off, The Codfather, Wet Hot American Sunchoke? These are just foods. Right. This could just be called food movies. Exactly. And we've done that, and it was hilarious. <laughs> Nobody... So Guy Fieri lacks the essential self-awareness to recognize that what's right. important about this joke is that you have to do That's Guy like, Fieri-specific right, things. Right, something that is, He's you know, unable to recognize within himself his own essential Fieriosity. I think so, yeah. He is just putting food. I mean, I don't know if Guy Fieri makes a good sun choke or not, but I don't think you associate him with... Sunchokes. I'm thinking back, and I think Aaron Gibson's joke was something like, how many shades of gray are there? 50? 50 shades of blonde on my head. Yeah, something yeah. Something like that. That was pretty funny. See, it recognizes that one of the distinctive parts about him is his frosted tips. You know, uh, uh, the food, he, <laughs> he reached with Food Network did one. Uh, and he said, everybody's getting in on this. <laughs> even, even the, even the even network the... that employs me. Uh, they did Under the Tuscan Sunglasses, which seems closer than anything he did. Under um, the Tuscan Sunglasses, because he's known for his sunglasses. Sure, yeah. His dumb sports his, sunglasses his, from 1995. Oakley's that are on the back of his head. So, okay, well, maybe I was maybe I was too quick to flip completely on Guy Fieri. I do like his good attitude about this, but... 
Uh, yeah, sometimes sometimes I like people less when they have a good attitude about things. I think we give people too much credit for having good attitudes about things. Oh, yeah? I'd rather see people stand their ground and fight. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? You think he should have gone to the mat. Yeah, like I feel like— You think he should have sued. So what? Hillary Clinton went on Saturday Night Live and someone did an impression of her to her face. And then she walked behind them. She yeah. snuck up behind them while they were doing the impression. Yeah, like so sure. what? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's not anything. Hmm. I don't know. I, I I feel like the ability to laugh at oneself is overrated. <laughs> you think people should be more serious about themselves? Yeah, stand behind your shit. Hmm. You like those sunglasses? Fucking tell us why. Yeah. They're dumb sunglasses, Guy Fieri. <laughs> I don't know. I have no personal animus towards sure. Guy Fieri. He's never, he ain't never did nothing to me. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying... Mm, I'd like it better. If... Here's here's the okay. line here's the line I'm gonna draw. Right. If you're John McCain mm-hmm. and you're legit kind of funny. Uh-huh. Like not that John McCain's the funniest guy in the world. Sure, but for a presidential candidate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh I will give you points for being funny. Mm-hmm. And if you can laugh about yourself, great. Yeah. But I don't I don't think you get points just for showing up. Right, for being around when a funny thing is happening. Yeah. Okay. Like, like uh, the president. The president can deliver a joke, and sure. I think that's neat. Sure. You know what I mean? I Like when, the, when, the, uh, when President Barack Obama uh, tells a joke, mm-hmm. and he does a great job of it, yeah. I'm always like, I'm glad the president sure. can tell He's a joke. Sure, he's got a little bit of timing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, but, but I, yeah. I don't. Okay, but you think being around when jokes are happening is yeah, just showing up when someone's making a joke it. about you. Sure. If any of those had been funny at all, right. or recognized how that game's supposed to work, right? And if they hadn't just been written by a social media consultant, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't think Guy Fieri wrote those by himself? No, I think that's the work of a hilarious intern. I think there's a 19 year old writing uh, Silence of the Lamb did. Shanks. I think Guy yeah. Fieri probably runs his own social sure. media, don't you? Yeah, Guy Fieri and Donald Trump. I mean, he's got somebody to take extra pictures for Instagram and stuff. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, let's see. So you have a serious thing. Yeah. How do you feel about Shakespeare? How do I feel about Shakespeare? And uh-huh. by the way, there's this tiny part of me that thinks we may have had this discussion on the show before. But it's important to me. It came up naturally. Mm-hmm. And none of us... All of us think that it probably isn't something we discussed. Okay, before. yeah. Uh, yeah, I have no strong feelings about Shakespeare. I did something fun in college that I really liked called Shakespeare to Go, where we mm-hmm. did a little truncated version of uh, Merry Wives of Windsor. Oh, that's where you found that piece of paper that said ticket for a funny story starting in five minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, uh, I sent that into Found Magazine. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's in one of the Found Magazine anthologies. Very, mm-hmm. uh feel very good about that. It was on the floor of an elementary school. A child had written ticket to funny story starting in five minutes. Yeah. Uh, one of the highlights of my life. I can – I mean, it, Jordan, this is – we were in college 12, 13 years ago. Sure. And we're still talking about this I ticket to funny it. story. I didn't even find this. I was not even there. Sure. I never even saw the actual thing. I just remember you telling me that you had found mm-hmm. this, and it's stuck in my head for 13 years. Sure. I forget my children's names all the time. <laughs> you used to call them ticket to funny story. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the other one, five minutes. <laughs> I call them both Davy Rothbart. Ah, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like- It works out because I named them both after Davy Rothbart, the editor <laughs> of Found Magazine. Uh, yeah, so that was kind of fun. We would uh, we'd pile in a kind of a shitty, like, uh, university van. We would drive out to, you know, your app tosses. 
Was this a, a school program? Were you getting credit for this? Uh, it was, yeah, yeah. Was it a class? It was a class, yeah. Shakespeare to go. And then we would do a truncated Little Merry Wives of Windsor for, like, kids and some early teens. What happens in the Merry Wives of Windsor? I haven't seen that. Uh, some rich women decide to play a joke on their husbands about guys they've fucked. And then there's a fat guy. Falstaff is in this one. And then they put horns on his head and laugh at him. One of those. It's a riot. If they put horns on his head, does that mean that he's been cuckolded? He's been cuckled, yeah. He wears the cuckold's horns. Oh, yeah. That does sound pretty funny. It is a, it's a hoot. <laughs> now that you mentioned I it. know, right? Uh, and I think the secret... I didn't know Shakespeare was into cuck stuff. Oh, yeah. Shakespeare loved it. Yeah. Shakespeare loved to watch Mrs. Shakespeare get railed by uh, a couple of I groundlings. Didn't, I didn't even know Pornhub existed then. Oh, yeah. It was oh, called well. Ye Pornhub. <laughs> okay. And porn had an extra E in it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was the it was what we know now as Pornhub. It was you know, uh, you know, its genesis is in Shakespeare's times, right. and it all took place at the Globe Theater. Got it. <laughs> and people would throw fruit. Yeah, yeah. Got it. Um, the original title was the Merry Milfs of Windsor. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, the folio got messed up. Uh, yeah, so I have fond memories of that. It was you know, it, it was strange because we the the. The way to get kids to like it is to punctuate any kind of, like, body joke with a lot of, like, humping. Uh-huh. Which, looking back on it, should not have been okay. But I think the, the you know, administrator's feeling was that they're doing Shakespeare, so it's okay for, like, these... 19-year-olds to be air-humping in our, you know, in our multi-purpose room For because they're learning. what age of children are you talking about? Boy, it, it really ran the gamut. Uh, we It was some, you know, younger element, maybe like fourth graders, but we also did it at a couple of high schools, too. Wow. So. That's a broad range of targets to shoot at. It is, yeah. I mean, humping's your main thing that you're going to yeah, want to do. Yeah, and I think everybody really too, enjoyed the humping. You know, a little of the old... Yeah. Yeah, a little you know. of the old... Boop, boop. Uh, but that's like the best Shakespeare memory that I have. I remember in high school having to listen to, if I wanted to be around girls, having to listen to the soundtrack to the Baz Luhrmann, Romeo and Juliet. Jesus Christ. I saw that in the movie theater. Which is pretty cardigans heavy, if I remember it correctly. Oh, boy. Uh, that guy's making a sh- TV show about rap music. Oh, who better? I know. Who better? Jesus Christ. Uh... Yeah, so that I don't like, so I don't like that Shakespeare thing that I remember. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, I, I, it, you know, not something I like. I don't, you know, I don't go to see like a Shakespeare in the park. We took that Shakespeare class in college together. Oh, that was fun. With Professor Casey Muhammad. Sure. He was great. Yeah. I didn't like the class though, because I don't like Shakespeare so much. Sure. Yeah, so I would say that I have, you know, I'm ambivalent towards Shakespeare. Some fond memories, some negative ones. Not something I seek out in my... But I mean, you can't say I like Shakespeare because I had fun with a bunch of other 19-year-olds in a van. Sure. Like, that's like... I mean, the you could have been in a cult okay. with four other 19-year-olds <laughs> sure. traveling from school to school trying to get them fun. to pledge their souls to Xenu or whatever. Sure. And it would have been a fucking blast. And you yeah. wouldn't look back on it and say like, oh, you know, I... Ca- I kind of like that what? cult. Yeah, pretty good cult. You were just horny. Yeah, that's true. And I, well, I wanted and excitable. To, I wanted to out. I wanted an outlet for my humping. Yeah, I wanted an excuse to hump 
on a weekday. I don't know. I feel like when I was in middle school, sure. we had a school trip to the I've, – I've addressed the fact that I went to an absurdly ritzy middle mm-hmm. school before. Uh, but one of the absurdly ritzy elements of this middle school, which I attended as a scholarship student, mm-hmm. I'll emphasize, was a trip to the Oregon Shakespeare Festival. Oh, neat. Uh, in Ashland, Oregon. Sure. The Oregon Shakespeare Festival, one of the most uh, – maybe the most renowned Shakespeare Festival in the United mm-hmm. States. Um, very high-quality productions there. They even have built a reproduction of the Globe Theater in Ashland, Oregon. Mm. It's a very beautiful town, by sure. the way. Um, it convinced me – like you go – you're supposed to go as like a 12 and 13-year-old to things like this to give you a taste for the theater, you know, sure. to give you a taste for – and it, I saw August Wilson's Joe Turner's Come and Gone there. Mm-hmm. And it was like mind blowing to me. I was like, "Wow, this is the true power of live theater. This is mm-hmm. totally amazing." But I saw like Antony and Cleopatra. Mm-hmm. Antony and Cleopatra is so fucking boring. Sure, like I can, I literally cannot imagine anything more boring than the like four hours I spent yeah. outdoors. Hmm. As a 13-year-old watching Antony and Cleopatra. Yeah, and wasn't the thing about those old – all those old histories was that like they had an ancient story and it was supposed to be an allegory for the politics of that time. Yeah. So I'm sure you know, whatever Antony and Cleopatra were doing had some sort of resonance with – With the Tudors. Right, yeah. They're like, oh, I see this in our current political system. Ugh. So yeah, I know. Ugh. The only Shakespeare thing I've ever enjoyed in my entire life – is I did kind of like Kenneth Branagh's version of Much Ado About Nothing. Okay. I don't know. I just found it to be pleasant. Yeah. I, I, think... bet, I bet if I watched that one with that uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer made. Uh, oh, sure. Uh, yeah, Joss Whedon. Yeah, that, that's got uh, the guy from Firefly in it, right? Sure, yeah. That guy's fun in anything. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. That guy's great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would almost watch Castle. Sure. Well. I mean, probably yeah. not. I but. bet you know. I bet if you were in a hotel room, yeah, exactly, and you had to kill a little time, I'd just be like, "What? That guy? He's great!" Hey, let's watch Castle. What's that guy? What's called? Castle up? Uh, Nathan Fillion. Nathan Fillion. That guy's a blast. Sure, he's totally. charming and handsome and funny. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, as a as a as a goofy drama kid in high school, right? We did some Shakespeare stuff. We went to see some Shakespeare things at like you know the South Coast Repertory, and we went to see the um, four hour Kenneth Branagh Hamlet. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, and I think we were all pretending to like it. I don't think any of us actually liked it, mm-hmm. but I think when you're uh, when you are being a goofy high school student, like you know, carrying around a tattered, you know, copy of the uh, the sonnets, mm-hmm. you know, it was a pretty important part of being a goofy high school student. So I think it's good for that. That's true. Yeah. That's very true. I here's the thing. I I find the serious ones. Mm-hmm spectacularly boring. Sure. Like once in a while something will break through. Mm -hmm. But like they might as well just be reading. Like in order for me to enjoy it at all. Right. The person has to be so good Mm -hmm. that they might, even though they're reading the greatest writing of all time. And I legitimately believe that it's a, you know, they're, the fact that it's even that, – that you would don't just shoot yourself immediately right. 600 years later is evidence that it's the greatest thing mm-hmm. ever. But – I think, like, the the serious ones are so boring that in order to get any amount of compellingness into them, the acting has to be so sort of indicative. Right. 
and uh, uh, amazing sure. that they might as well just be reading the copy on the back of a grape nuts box mm-hmm. about how they've added protein to the grape nuts. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what the words are. They're just doing it. It's, it's like they're they're like basically at that point miming right. to you. But they're just happen if they're so good at miming that you that it's compelling mm-hmm. that it might work a little. And then the funny ones, fuck the funny ones, <laughs> because here's what they do that's funny in them. Sure, okay, uh, things that were fu- jokes that were funny 600 years sure. ago. Some, where, some racist jokes. Yeah, where there's two categories of response. One of the categories of response is. You're not laughing because you're not from 600 years ago. Sure. The other is you are laughing because you're proving that you looked up what people from 600 years ago thought about something. Yeah, it's a a presentational laugh. Then the other categories of laughing are humping, Mm -hmm. farting. Sure. Just like the only universal laughing things. They're not especially well executed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I I think the fact that I was... I think the fact that, you know, both of us were theater dorks in high school. Sure. But I think the fact that my theater dorkery was so much more committed, mm-hmm. uh, like uh, uh, the the process of my theater dorkery, sure. because I was doing theater three, four, five hours a day mm-hmm. every day. Um, uh, I It gave me more room to not have to demonstrate it. Like it was assumed that sure. I was a theater dork. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't have to do any of the signposts of theater. Sure, you didn't have to... to go see the Madonna Evita. Yeah, exactly. Although we did see Phantom of the Opera like three times. Mm. I also hate Phantom of the Opera. Sure, yeah. That is also a pile of garbage. Yeah. So what's this? What? So you seem you seem conflicted about this Shakespeare thing. Do you feel like you should be seeing it more and you aren't? Well, it's the greatest. I, I mean, what I are you? Why are you yelling? Because <laughs> it upsets me. It tears sure. me up. So. The thing the thing that gets to me about mm-hmm. it is that my objective mind mm-hmm. can look at this and say there's literally nothing else that is more than 80 or 90 <laughs> years sure. old that's even watchable. I don't even think I don't think any movies from the 80s are funny. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> like, I guess the first, yeah. I watched Crocodile Dundee the sure. other day, and I just stared at the screen slightly confused the entire time. <laughs> yeah. Boy, yeah. Humor humor just humor just dies so, so quickly after it's made, I think, for the like, most part. Like, if you think about how boring it is to watch a Marx Brothers movie sure. now, uh-huh. you know, and I'm not saying that it's exclusively boring. Yeah. Just, there's still a lot of great jokes that you can laugh at. Totally. But that's literally the funniest thing ever created. Or at least the funniest thing created in the 20th century. Sure. So I can look at this thing that's 600 years old Mm -hmm. or whatever it is. And I can say to myself, this has fascinated everyone for 600 years. Everyone in the know for 600 Mm -hmm. years. It must be meritorious. Sure. It moves people I know and respect to tears Uh of laughter or sadness Mm -hmm. with astonishing regularity. Sure. So it must be, you know, like QED, it's the greatest thing ever written in the English language. Sure. I'm totally willing to accept that. Mm-hmm. So resolving that versus I fucking cannot stand it. Sure. Outside of that one Kenneth Branagh 
uh, <laughs> much ado about much nothing. Much ado about nothing, which and I And maybe find. the one with Castle would be pretty good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> which is also much ado about nothing. Is it? Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, here's, I think here's, here's what you've got in your corner here. I think when, when, the, when the kids are old enough, when the kids get to be, I don't know, six or seven or something. Yeah. You can take them to a Shakespeare in the park. Uh-huh. And poison you, it for them for their entire yes. life. And you can you can, you know, you are there not to be entertained but to give your children something. Mm-hmm. Cuz I do think like I do I do agree with you. I wouldn't want to watch it myself, but I do think it's good for kids to be exposed to it. I do think it's good to know about it and I do like look so, at the If they're not exposed to it, they're not going to oxidize properly. Sure, yeah, exactly. Uh so I think you can you know, once or twice a year, go there and appreciate it. You're not there to be entertained. You're there to, you know, you bestow a value on your kids. I'm get... just, I'm just there to put in my annual hours. Sure. As an upper middle class white person. There you go. You think about it. You analyze it. You have a little cheese and crackers, mm-hmm. and then you've dealt with Shakespeare. But. It wasn't a. It wasn't in place of doing something more entertaining. You know? Should I be reading classic literature? Oh boy, yeah, that's one I have tough. I have a tough time with too. Like when I'm reading, I don't. I don't automatically go back and read like and you, the Brothers like, Karamazov. Like, let's be clear. While among the two of us, mm-hmm. I am the one with the NPR show. Sure, you are the one who more appreci- deeply appreciates literature. Uh, yeah, I don't I think know. that's true. Okay. You, you like literature more than most people. Sure, I do, li- I do like to read a lot. You're a legitimate, uh, uh, you're a legitimate consumer of sure. literature mm-hmm. for fun. Uh, you were a literature major in college. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you're not Joe Literature. No, hey, I'm not Joe. No, Joe, hey, I, people will shout Joe Literature at me, and I will turn around, but I'll correct them. Yeah. I'm like... Listen, I you think you know have the, that's how you're seen. You have the wrong idea about me. Right. Yeah. You understand how you're perceived. You're self-aware. You're no Guy Fieri. Sure, exactly. Um, but how do you feel about, because I know you mostly read, you'll, you mostly read contemporary literature. When sure. I hear you talking about a great book that you read recently, right. it's usually a contemporary novel. Yeah. I mean, you know, I feel like I, you know, I will go back and read a, eh, I don't know. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I also don't go back and read classic things i i just don't think i'll enjoy it yeah yeah it's because i don't have a paper or something to write about it yeah i didn't even read it when i had a paper to write about it sure i would like read a little bit of it and be like oh jesus christ yeah you know pick out some sentences to quote from throughout this text and be done with it i do think i don't know i do think that you know the the you can do as much thinking about a contemporary book as you can about a classic russian Hobbledy who? I think there's limits, like statutory limits on the amount of thinking you're allowed to do about a contemporary book. <laughs> right, exactly. If you do too much thinking, you have to... Uh... If it's in copyright still. Sure, that's true. I think it's the uh, the date, the death of the author plus 75 years, and then you have unlimited thinking time. Yeah. I mean, I do think some people do legit get a lot out of going back and reading, you know... Uh, I don't know, what's, what's it, it was a, a war and peace or something like that. Yeah. My wife read Anna Karenina. Oh, yeah? I read that in college. Did you re- read the whole thing? Uh, I did, yeah. I tried to read the Brothers Karamazov in sure. high school because I was supposed to read it for school. Mm-hmm. I wanted to tear my face off. Yeah, like, sure. Like 10 pages in, I wanted to snooze. tear my fucking face oh, off. Oh, yeah, and your teachers will tell you that it's funny. You're just like, 
what? This is the this is a fucking nightmare reading this. Yeah. One sentence is more than I want to read. Yeah. I just looked at this entire sentence and I had to go back to the beginning of the sentence. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think I have high levels of reading <laughs> sure. comprehension. Um, yeah, I mean, I think just the thing is to like, you know, if you know you're a smart person and you know you're thinking about the thing you're consuming, whether it's a, you know, whether it's a American pickers primarily, American pickers or uh, what have you. Yeah, I mean, I think as long as you're a five of thoughtful person, you shouldn't you shouldn't have to you know stress out that you're not. You're not consuming enough of the of the hoity-toity. Let me ask you this. Sure. What if you have your own NPR show? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm dis- I'm disappointing all of America's coastal elitist snobs. Yeah. And aspiring and Midwestern aspiring coastal elitist snobs. Right. Uh, anytime I don't know something about Dickens. When are you? When is? When does that come up? Have you manufactured a false coastal elite man in your head? Yeah, that he, comes up to you at a and he threatens at me. a function. He comes up behind me in his Volvo, puts it in neutral, mm-hmm. and revs the engine. Yeah, <laughs> and I look over my shoulder. <laughs> Does it come up? When was the last time you felt like you were, you know, you were you weren't well read enough for somebody's liking? I don't know. You know, anytime I hang out with Hodgman, you know, Hodgman likes real books. Sure. That's a problem. So he always does. Does he try and engage you about? And he's also super into Dune, so sure. That's, that's like a comfort to me. Yeah, you know, I'm not, at least I'm not into Dune. Mm-hmm. I mean, God bless Dune. I'm sure Dune's great if you're into that kind of thing. Yeah, it's like the greatest thing of that type of thing there ever was, right? <laughs> I guess I don't know. I watched the I watched the David Lynch movie and uh, kind of liked it. It was a it was a real oh, cool. coke, real coked out mess. It's yeah. great. Um, yeah, I think. Here's the thing, like, my I, my mom, mm-hmm. you know, my mom is an academic. Sure. And when I was in, like, high school and college, remember when I was in, like, college, mm-hmm. this guy lived at our house named Jean-Paul. Mm-hmm. Now, Jean-Paul was and is the greatest guy. Uh, he was maybe three or four years older than me. I don't know. He's a little older than me, I mm-hmm. think. But uh, he had been my mom's junior college student. Because uh, he had, like, failed out of high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he went on to get an A in every class he ever took starting in college. Yeah. Uh, he was, like, valedictorian of UC Berkeley <laughs> uh, after he transferred from Santa Rosa Junior College. Right. And a, an incandescent genius. Okay. You know. He's some kind of college professor now. Sure. At some elite university. Mm-hmm. They would have these conversations about books that I had not read. Mm-hmm. Your M.M. Bakhtins and whatnot. Right. Your Walter Benjamins. Mm-hmm. And I always think, like, huh, am I supposed to enjoy reading a book like that? Yeah. Like, I can barely, like, I only am able to enjoy David Foster Wallace's pieces written for major mainstream magazines. <laughs> sure, his Esquire work. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, sure. Uh, do, do, do I enjoy a David Foster Wallace essay written for Esquire? Absolutely. Right. But do I get lost and bored in a sentence mm-hmm. in one of his war, sure. quote-unquote, serious uh, uh, two, essays? Two-page sentence, yeah. Yeah, then yes. yes. Yeah, two-page, yes. punctuation-free sentence. So then I feel guilty about it, yeah. and I wonder if... Um, I wonder if my childhood resentment mm-hmm. of 
uh, like teachers' expectations sure. of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Soured you on something that could be bringing you a lot of joy. That could be bringing immense joy. Like I'm only living on the surface of life. Yeah. I could be digging deep into life's greatest art. Sure. But instead, I'm just watching season five of The Simpsons again. <laughs> well, I mean, if we're, talking about, uh, if we're talking about the greatest art ever produced, it's up there, right? Oh, my cans! <laughs> <laughs> oh, my cans! Yeah. <laughs> what, that, what that old prospector in a yeah. union suit says. <laughs> and they shoot his, yeah. my precious antique cans! <laughs> I hate it when the waffles stick together. That's what good waffles do. <laughs> a lot yeah. of funny stuff in that episode. <laughs> Remember when Garrison Keillor's on the TV? Don't hey, <laughs> stupid TV be more funny? Yeah. That is really good. <laughs> but yeah, I do wonder sometimes if my childhood traumas around education sure, uh, and my consistent disappointment of my teacher's expectations of mm-hmm. me... Uh, ruined me on the world's greatest works of art and literature because I get in I get a few pages and I just go, oh fuck this. Do you do you feel like you do, you know, take in stuff that stimulates your brain and imagination and what have you? No. On a regular basis? No. Hmm. Maybe. Yeah? Do I? I don't know. I'm asking you. I mean I mostly just like jokes and rap music. Sure. I like other things too. Sure. I like art museums, okay. There you go. That's a pretty serious thing that I That's like pretty good. That's a very serious thing. I do like art yeah. museums. I mean, I guess I I guess I I I I worry about your children, Jesse. Uh yeah. no, I mean, I think that I think I think you can get in that stuff under the guise of let's show it to the kids and see what they think. Yeah. I think it's important to give the kids options. Like, you know, it's 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 good that What's like four things that you think when my children are sure. eight, 8 or 9? Right. Do a Shakespeare in the Park. Okay. Do uh do go to see a Gustavo Dudamel. Go to like a classical music thing. Here's another thing. Sure. I worked at the symphony and the mm-hmm. opera in high school. Mm-hmm. And also because we, I went to an arts high school, we were always got free tickets. Mm-hmm. So whenever there was unsold tickets, they would just offer it sure. to kids at art. So I probably went to the symphony in high school 20 times. Uh-huh. And the opera 10 times. Yeah. And then I also worked backstage at both of them. Mm-hmm. And I just resented it. The whole time yeah. I just resented it. We went it. to see a lot of classical music, too, when I was a kid. And I did not like it. But when I can know a little something about classical music, it feels real good. The part of me, the, what I wonder is, is it stuff that I can like now that I'm old? Oh, do you think you can re-like it? Now that I'm an old dad. Sure. Is that part of, like, my brain has slowed down enough that I could just listen to classical music. or Because I do like jazz music now. There you go. That's some pretentious bullshit that I enjoy. Sure. Like, I've been listening mm-hmm. maybe the last few years to more and more jazz music and actually enjoying mm-hmm. it. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think revisit this shit with the kids. Okay, so wait. See if Gustavo it has any... Dudamel, yeah. Shakespeare in the Park. Yeah. Uh, a science thing. A science thing? Yeah. Well, everybody likes the science museum because they got those fun experiments. Yeah, those are really fun. I mean, like it's like you, my son the other day. They he poured the he poured the uh, at, the uh, vinegar into the baking soda at school. Mm-hmm. Blew his fucking mind. Yeah, destroyed right? his mind. Sure. The thing about science is it's a bait and switch. Sure. 
you think that experiments are about exploding stuff or like no, it's a long math problem. Or it's yeah, doing a long just, math problem. Or just sitting there while something happens and checking one box or the other for sure. months on end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my childhood fantasy job was paleontologist, uh-huh. dinosaur bone finder. Yeah. And I thought what you did was you put on cool shorts. Right. A cool hat. Like, a like floppy, action shorts. You like action shorts, a floppy hat that had claws what in the a, band. A sport coat with an action back, maybe? <laughs> well, I can't even picture that. Yeah, well, that's what that's where I'm at right now. I'm, I'm literally action erect back. over the prospect of having a sport coat with an action back. And I thought you just went out with like a shovel and you just dug around until you found an entire dinosaur skeleton. Right. And it would be right there. Right. It would just be right there after you dug for a couple hours. Yeah, in Africa or wherever. Yeah, but then like, you know. I mean, getting... you'd have to spend a few minutes with the toothbrush. Oh, sure. Or um, a paintbrush, you mm-hmm. know. You're no fool. You've you've seen uh, you've seen you you you'd seen Nova or whatever. Oh, totally. Uh, so yeah, and then but then like upon learning how boring paleontology is, uh, it was pretty it was pretty upsetting. You were out. It was out. Okay, so we got three things so far: Gustavo Dudamel, mm-hmm. Shakespeare in the Park, Science Museum, and then like just like a you know just like a classic porno theater. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's everything's online these days. Like the Tiki Room, I yeah. Know a classic place called the Tiki Room. The other day. <laughs> oh man, on like Hollywood Boulevard. Yeah, or boy, I have seen that place. I uh, I don't think I will ever get curious enough to go in, but I wonder what's going on in the Tiki Room. Yeah, probably just uh, animatronic birds. <laughs> guys are jerking it too. I think that's where Fred Willard got caught. Really? Yeah. Yeah, kind of makes you want to go a little bit more, doesn't it? I mean, it's good enough for Fred Willard. Fred Willard can crank it there. Who who am I to say that's not the place for me to crank it? Crank it up. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think those are the four things. Okay. Just, like, take them to experience, you know, like, these, you know, it's just about the, you know, now when you go on to Pornhub, it's just about the, you know, the F and the S. But, you know, these movies have stories. There was a guy on you my... You care about why they're effing and essing. There was a guy on my hall my freshman year of college. Mm-hmm. And this is just... I had not thought about this in a long time. Sure. He was kind of a... You know, he was kind of a... Uh, a little socially awkward, a little mm-hmm. bit of a... Sure. And, um, I mean, not that we all aren't at the age of 19. Sure, yeah. Um, notably so. And... Um, I remember one day we were talking about something, and he volunteered that mm-hmm. he had lost his virginity to a Tijuana prostitute. Oh, my. That his father had taken him to. Oof, boy. That's some dark shit. Yeah, totally. Totally. But anyway, I'll think about the Tiki Room thing yeah, for my kids. Sure. But I'll wait till they're eight or nine. Eight or nine, yeah. I mean, they're not old enough yet. They'll yeah. probably get antsy. Yeah. They'll have to take them out in the lobby. Right. Uh... But yeah, I think we you might have get a, scared. You have a you have a great window into revisiting this stuff that you think is boring. Do you think that now that I'm old, uh, my taste will change enough that I could just sit there and read a boring book and get a lot out of it because it's so good? I don't know. I you know I wonder. I wonder too about like revisiting you know big important white guy novels, which I do not love. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I would guess no. I bet our audience has some perspective on this. Sure. They'll share it on the Reddit. Mm-hmm. That'll inspire me. Yeah. What would you like to, if you could pick one of these things mm-hmm. that, are, that are, 
you know, that you find amiable but not fun to ingest? What would it be? Would it be Shakespeare? Would you say, like, I'm going this? There's a few options. Mm-hmm. I know uh, my mom's – one of my mom's best friends mm-hmm. and her husband, who I like very much, are obsessed with the opera. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they are just absolute sophisticates, just sure. like full-on sophisticates. She's a painter and she used to be a weaver. Mm-hmm. And um, they get so much out of being obsessed with the opera. Yeah. And the opera is so grand and amazing. Mm-hmm. But I just find it very boring. Sure. When I've been. Many mm-hmm. times as a teenager. Mm-hmm. And ridiculous. Sure. And dumb. And lame. Yeah. But what if I've turned... What if age mm-hmm. and some combination of age and my natural latent homosexuality... Sure. ...have combined <laughs> to make me... Opera friendly. So you and you're now you think you're receptive to that, but you're not experiencing it. Yeah. I guess there's only one way to find out. Go to the opera, see if you hate it. it costs like four hundred dollars. Yeah, I know. Jeez. Yeah, I wish it is funny that so these expensive. that like just revisiting these things. Well, maybe start with uh, start with boring white guy novel. Okay. Yeah, maybe go to the go to go to the library. Get Moby a used Dick. Get a used one on Amazon. Yeah, remember our friend Brian back in Business Lane sure. would swear up and down how funny Moby Dick is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, with all that, and he was very sincere about it. Sure. I be- genuinely believe that he found it moving and funny. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Boy. I mean, I don't know. I. I guess I. Boy. Yeah. I find, and I. I don't doubt his sincerity either. But I think most of the time when somebody will give you that song and dance, it's a pose, you know? Yeah. I think that, yeah, it is a, and it always comes with a, they don't make them like this anymore, have fun with your superhero movies mm-hmm. kind of attitude. And I think that's why maybe I don't I don't go into that zone a lot of, because, you know. I'm snobby about superhero movies. <laughs> sure. I do love submarine movies, though. There you go. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's time. Yeah, maybe start with the uh, start with the the European white guy novel. See how that goes. Mm-hmm. If that if it's you know a runaway success, if you love Bartleby the Scrivener, is that your recommendation? Would you go with Bartleby the Scrivener? <laughs> I don't know. I've been I've been I've been uh, racking my brain for an example. Nicholas Nickleby. One. There you go. That's a good one. Nicholas Nickleby. Yeah, yeah. David Copperfield. If you like that, then maybe uh, maybe try Shakespeare in the Park. And if I don't, it's back to just watching All Creatures Great and Small. There you go. Middle brow, middle brow forever. Yeah. <laughs> we'll go to be... see Spotlight. <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. Hello, and welcome to Podphone. What type of podcast are you looking for? You have chosen... Funny podcasts about bad movies. Rated R. May we recommend The Flophouse. Three friends talk about bad movies and make each other and you laugh. Rated R. The Flophouse is playing at your ears. If you download it right now or whenever. Rated R. To purchase tickets to The Flophouse, you don't need to do that. Just download it. The Flophouse, rated R.
for nudity, I guess. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morse, Boy Detective. Probably Bartleby the Scrivener is where I'll start. Give it a shot. It's probably available at your local library. Probably get a 99-cent copy sent to you on Amazon. Moby Dick. Give it a shot. Edith mm. Wharton. Hmm. We're going to try some Edith Wharton. I mean, that's sure. Great. Hemingway. Oh, I bet that Hemingway would... is pretty easy. Yeah, Hemingway is easy. That's, that's... Got those punchy, sen- short, punchy sentences. I think that's the median between, you Steinbeck. Know, Steinbeck, yeah, Steinbeck's super readable. Yeah, totally. And then ease, maybe ease into your, you know, 19th century what have yous. My super novels. Mm-hmm. Can I tell you something that happened to me the other day that I'm that, that, that's? I know that it, you, your signature segment is stuck in my craw. Sure. Uh, mine's, you've, you've got something in, in the craw. It seems I can lend it to you for today. No, 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 no. It's not necessary. Okay. Uh, something's gotten my goat. Oh, okay. Uh, Who's got your goat? Who or what has that goat of yours, Jesse? So, I'm not. I don't have my own podcast mm-hmm. with my friend Jordan, sure, so that I can brag. Mm-hmm. But when it comes up, I'm willing to do what's required. Sure. Okay. My son is a karate master. Mm. So wow, he's got three stripes on his belt. Okay. Uh, they're pieces of tape that they put there every couple weeks. <laughs> right. To make him feel like he's progressing. Exactly. Uh, he's barely progressing. Mm-hmm. He really, the main thing that goes on in my son's karate class is they play this game called the Tail of the Dragon or Catch the Tail on the Dragon or something. Sure. That's where they do opium. Yeah. <laughs> you lay the kids down on a velvet cushion, yeah. let them do opium, and, and then they charge, they charge tourists to watch. Sure. Um, they, it's like flag football with a karate outfit on. Okay. Or like tag, but with football flags. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? Like they have those, you know the flags for flag football, right? Yeah. They tuck those into the belt mm-hmm. of the karate outfit. And then you have to run around and try and catch them. Mm-hmm. And you sort of wrestle a little bit. My son forgets to run away every time. Okay. So he just sits there and gets, gets his And then they just take it snagged. from him and he gets confused as to why he's out. Gotcha. So that's where my son's at. Okay. This karate, I, it's not so long that I can drop him off, leave, and come back. Mm-hmm. So you got you to gotta watch the whole karate. No. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. It's in a Go next door store. to the tiki room. Yeah. <laughs> Crank one out. Crank quick. one out. It's in a little sh- strip mall, mm-hmm. as is everything here in sure. Los Angeles. And uh, normally what I'll do is I'll sit on a little cafe table and, you know, mm-hmm. uh, read Bartleby the Scrivener. Sure. Your tattered copy of David Copperfield. I so many, so much, so much dialoguing. I love right. to dialogue mm. with the text. Mm. You know, I'll highlight something and then I'll write a note in the margin. Sure. Uh, Modus apparendi? <laughs> question mark. Sure. Deus ex machina? Mm-hmm. Exclamation mark. Narrator dash trustworthy? Question. What is a man? Yeah. <laughs> man v machine. Sure. Man v nature. Like to identify themes. Mm-hmm. So, if you don't, who will? But there's a couple of other businesses in this mm-hmm. strip mall, and so you know, I want to sample these businesses. So I went to sure. the cafe. Actually, mm-hmm. the cafe was pretty good, but uh, 
Uh, next door, there's that's a uh, coffee, tea, scones. Yeah. Oh, and and bowls. Hmm. All restaurants in Los Angeles are actually. I don't know if you heard about this, sure. uh, but when Mayor Garcetti was elected, mm-hmm. his his whole first hundred days thing was require all restaurants to serve bowls. Sure. Yeah. Um, all food in Los Angeles restaurants now comes in a bowl of various things. One of the things has to be kale, also. Sure. So or an ancient grain. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so next door to the karate place is something called Relaxation Station. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of Relaxation Station? I have not. Is this a chain? It's hard to say. Mm-hmm. It's either a chain or, again, like all businesses in Los Angeles, an aspiring chain. Mm-hmm. So it has chain-ish qualities, but none of the refinement that you look for sure. from a chain. Uh-huh. And I believed this to be, and this was based on the following evidence. One time when I was picking some stuff up at the dry cleaner, I got a business card from the business card pegboard that said free 30-minute session. Okay. At the relaxation station. <laughs> sure. No specifics in here. I assume, this, is all, this is all very vague. I assumed it was a massage place. Okay. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't know how you do. Do you like a massage? I do, yeah. Some people don't like massage. Yeah. I maybe, get, I maybe get two a year. I, I love a and massage. It. And it helps with my migraines too. So sure. I try and get them when I can. And I thought, well, shoot. You know, maybe my new thing is I get a 30-minute massage while Simon's in karate class once a week. Hey. And it's, it's just a... A little indulgence. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm the princess. Sure. For once. Mm-hmm. You know? Not like my bitch wife. I know. The actual princess. <laughs> um, you have a time to do you. Yeah, exactly. So I'm thinking this is great. So I go into this place, and it's, you know, it's just a generic strip mall room, and there's a woman standing at the counter who's, I guess, a 30 ish. Mm hmm. Slightly alternative, mm-hmm. not cool though. Sure, you know what I mean. Just like wearing heavy boots. Okay, and she is an incredible combination of pleasant and completely undedicated to her work. Sure, like not like she's like actively not doing her work. But it sort of reminds me of like when I used to, I used to do casual work for the city of San Francisco, mm-hmm. like counting votes and <clears throat> stuff when I was just out of college. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, it was just work that like significant number of people there were just like, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not really going to work hard or anything. <laughs> sure. Know? I'm like a nice enough guy. Right. I'm not going to come high. Yeah. You know, and I'm not going to like be a jerk to people, but I'm also – yeah, making it clear that I, mean, I would rather invested. I would rather this. not be doing this. Yeah. I will leave this job as soon as another one comes up. So they have a price list. Mm-hmm. So I pay for a thirty-minute thing. Okay, not knowing you don't even know what the thing is at this point. No, are you, when you don't have the card for the free thing anymore. Well, I went in. No, I have lost the card. Okay, but it's done its work. Mm-hmm. It's done its marketing work. Sure. It's convinced me that this 30-minute session of unidentified Something. quality. And this may be a fight club for all you know. It's po- Look, this could be a fight club. I could be signing up for white slavery. Yeah. I, there's all kinds of shit that could be going on. And down. what does the lobby of this place look like? It looks like in 
imagine a space in a strip mall mm-hmm. that could be a kinder gym. Sure. It could be... Smoothie place. A smoothie yeah. place. It could be whatever. It's got beige industrial carpets, mm-hmm. an open window, and it does have like those kind of like um, cubicle <laughs> dividers up. Sure. To make what I presume to be massage areas. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I guess it's, I'm, I'm like, I come in and she's like, what can, what, what do you want or mm-hmm. whatever? And I said, I don't know. What, what are you, what should I do? Sure. I got about an hour. You got it. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, they, uh, I said, oh, do you have a room for a half hour session? Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah. Like as though, of course. Sure. No one comes in here. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I said, she said, which one do you want? And I look and there's a list of just phrases, Mm -hmm. you know, like good and chill or like. Sure. All or nothing. Yeah. Out the door. I'm like, I don't know. What what do you suggest? And they say, well, they tell you to do, we're going to call it good and chill. Okay. Uh, Yeah. They like to suggest good and chill. Mm -hmm. Number one, my first concern here, my first red light here going off. She don't want to drive home. She's not to willing chill. to speak in the first person I about which thing they say you should. Yeah. yeah. She's just she's like, look, I don't I don't have any association with this place sure. other than my current presence here. Right. Like it just so happens that I'm here and no one who is actually cares about this place is around. Mm-hmm. So I'll refer to what I know about what they think. Sure. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I did this. This is what I got. So what are you dropping on a good and chill? 40 bucks? 50 bucks? It, well, there was an introductory offer okay. that I noticed in the window. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it was like 20 bucks. Okay. It's pretty good. For 20 bucks for a half hour. So. I'll give somebody 20 bucks for a mystery thing. 20 bucks for a half hour is not an unreasonable introductory price for a massage place. Sure. Let's be clear. Mm-hmm. Like that's on that's the low end. Yeah. Uh, that's on the low end, but it's not crazy. Mm-hmm. It doesn't suggest to me that this isn't going to be a massage. Right. Okay. So I'm th- I just figured it was going to just going to be like an airport massage basically. Yeah, you put your face in a in a little donut. Yeah. Get exactly. a little get a little back back chop. Does this lady look like a masseuse or masseur? Mhm. No. No, she's she's she doesn't doesn't have the passion sure for body work. Right. But I think maybe there's – my presumption is maybe there's some sort of recent immigrant in a back room who's going to come out. Gotcha. You know She's I mean? just there to, you Somebody know. whose passport is being held by someone else. Right. She's there to run the cards while this, uh, yeah. you know, indentured servant does the work. Exactly. Sure. And I, you know what? I'll take it. Normally yeah, I, I mean, prefer usually, to, but – Usually when you go into a uh, massage place, the person manning the counter isn't the one that does the rubbing. So. Right. Uh, usually, I'm the one that's doing the rubbing. Sure, yeah. Uh, I got to do something about that boner, Jordan. I mean, it's not going to rub itself. She shows me into this room, and again, it's just cubicle height walls. Mm-hmm. And she just says, here's your headphones. There's the bed. They say it's better if you take off your clothes. Okay. They say. Yeah, she's still not taking responsibility. She has not done this. For any she doesn't part of know this. what's going on. Yeah, she cannot personally recommend anything. Right? Maybe she's just watching the front while her like 
friend pick someone up from the airport. Literally, I worked at Borders Books and Music mm-hmm. in Washington, D.C. The only training that we received was that we have to personally recommend things that we've actually experienced. Right. <laughs> you have to tell somebody about a book that you've actually read and why you like it and why they should check it out. Mm-hmm. So the bed looks like a tanning bed, but with no top part. Okay. And inside is a sheet just mm-hmm. sort of casually draped over it. Yeah. And so... That you could put over your wang. First of all, I'm uncomfortable taking off my clothes because it's it's only cubicle height walls. When you're worried about the paparazzi. Maybe five foot walls. Sure. Like I can see over the tops of the walls. Like the walls would block my nipples. Right. So anybody looking straight wouldn't be able to see my any intimate things. Sure. But they would, you know. So I, I take off some of my clothes. Mm-hmm. Oh, she says to definitely take off my shoes. Okay. So I take off my shoes and my coat, mm-hmm. but I leave on my pants and my shirt. Sure. And your Carmen Miranda fruit hat. Well, I put that sort of on top of my face. Right. Like I'm a 1930s caricature of a Mexican person taking a siesta. Sure. So I get in this thing Mm -hmm. and it's like, you know, those kind of like um, inflatable bed things that are in a pool? Uh, Yeah, sure. That's what it is. Okay. Okay. In a half clamshell. Mm-hmm. And I put on the headphones. She says- Slayer. Put on the headphones. The headphones, by the way, are like, they're those kind of ones that look like they should be in a stock photo. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like sure. they're like electric blue uh, and sort of big. The kind that go over your head and right. are big. They look like somebody should be like holding them, using one hand to hold them to his head. And putting the other hand on a record as though he knows how to scratch a record. Sure. But clearly he doesn't know how to scratch a record. Right. He's just there to pose. He's just posing for the stock photo. Yeah. He's just there to get the 50 bucks that you get for being a stock photo model. And these are the ones that you buy at Best Buy for $20. These are not good ones. These Mm -hmm. are ones that are made to sort of look like good ones. Okay. And on top of them, they have some kind of sanitary headphone cover. Okay. That's like a hairnet. Okay. I guess or a pantyhose, you know, like guess. a hairnet made of pantyhose that goes over the business ends of the two. So if people, ear you don't get the ear gunk of the last person that came to the relaxation station. It's a big problem at relaxation station. Sure. I, I lie down, and it's like when I say that it's like that inflatable bed that's in a pool. Mm-hmm. It's also sort of moving around like that. Okay. Because I'm in water, but I'm on top of a sheet, on top of a inflatable bed so you on that is in a little pool of water yeah inside of the clamshell of this tanning bed and you are what are you listening to on the headphones nothing yet Mm -hmm. so then i say like i'm ready ready to go who do you say this to the woman okay over the over the transom sure (laughs) a transom isn't even necessary just over the edge of the top of the she comes in Presses a button and basically, like, imagine if you were in on one of those bed things in a pool, Mm -hmm. but someone was underneath you going, like, I I, I can't imagine. So, somebody's like underwater, blowing, 
water at your butt. So it's a so it so it's like you can kind of feel you it. You are in a jacuzzi with a very light jet on. Yeah, it's like a jacuzzi jet. It's a lot like okay. a jacuzzi jet that's turning on and off in different places. Sure. But also you're on top of one of those inflatable. Okay. So you don't feel it very but strongly. But you can feel some slight vibrations. Right. But it's going Yes. Right? Mm. And then this guided meditation starts on my headphones. Right. The guided meditation, and I did not write down any of the jokes in the guided meditation, but traditionally guided meditations don't have jokes in them. But this had a little warm-up. No, it had jokes laced throughout. Like knock-knock jokes? No, like like, like half-ass gags. Like somebody, Not even. I'm not even like the kind that would come on a popsicle stick. I would have appreciated that. Right. No, like Just, did you hear the like, one about the alligator who's like lie down and try to relax? Not that you know how to do that, or you know something like that. You know, okay. Like you're pro- you're probably feeling the jets. Don't worry, it's not jet engines. <laughs> you know, just... right? And the person like narrating a joke, it... like a joke that a tour guide at a zoo would would say. The person narrating this clearly. This is the the scenario that I imagine. Mm-hmm. They had this idea for a place, okay? They started it, but they did not have any experience in guiding meditations. Right. But they did not let them let that stop them sure. from recording writing and recording multiple <laughs> themed right. guided meditations. I would say that they were using as an audio professional, they recorded this on a $20 microphone. Okay. Uh, it was fully sound designed. That's good. So there was like whale noises or jungle noises or something? Yeah. Okay. Um, it was profoundly awkwardly read. Mm-hmm. Like, it was as though, it was as though someone had bought a franchise mm-hmm. and instead of that coming with like signs and, uh, Ingredients. training manuals. Right. And uh, a brand of headphones that you're supposed to buy and a tape of each of the meditations. It was as though it came with all of the first few things that I listed and a script for the meditations (laughs) that you were supposed to record as the franchisee. And maybe punch up if you wanted to. Yeah, just add a a few soft gags. So it would be like, you know, so it would be like, this is a jungle animal of some kind, some sort of... This is how I'm imagining. Are you sure this isn't just some cherry pop and daddy's lyrics? (laughs) Right, yeah. This is after their right after they did bath salts. Yeah. Um, So you got this. You get these soft jungle noises, right? And then, like a man says into uh, you know just the mic on his iMac, he says, you know, like, hey, just uh, breathe deep and relax. It's Never Monday in here. Yes. Too bad it. Too bad it sometimes is out there. Which is yes! stuff like that. Yes. Wow. Huh. It was just that for twenty minutes. Twenty bucks well spent, though, right? Yeah. Well. How did you feel after? After you put on your clothes. You know, you went out into the strip mall to pick up the kid. 
How did mm-hmm. you how did you go about the rest of your day? Were you transformed? Were you a new man? Yeah, it was sexually charged. Oh, well, yeah, I mean it seems like it was a pretty sexual atmosphere. It was erotic to the extreme. Sure, you were I don't know if you've ever laid down on one of those uh pool beds, but that's pretty erotic to begin with. Well, I mean but if you imagine somebody shooting water at your butt from underneath mm-hmm. the pool bed. Right. While someone <laughs> makes makes jokes at you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't none of that sounds great, but I do like the idea of being nude near a minimum wage employee. I'm going to say there were four jokes mm-hmm. through the course of the That's still too many. I guess a joke isn't that bad, but the fact that it was, if it there kept was just coming up. one friendly joke at the very beginning. All right, let's or get started. Or if there were jokes throughout and it was supposed to be funny. Sure. Both of those would make sense. <laughs> but yeah, the but when you're smattering of jokes. 17 minutes into a guided meditation, mm-hmm. what you're not looking for is gags. Hmm. Like people, you're not just like, I don't understand. Like just somebody just looked at the script and said, get Bruce. Yeah. (laughs) Get him in here. Yeah. No gags. That's why I watched Two Broke Girls. Yeah, exactly. Now listen to, yeah, it seems like there are so many guided meditations available these days. You can just get one from SoundCloud. I'm sure there's a subreddit. Sure. Look, there's a subreddit for sex guided meditations. Oh my. Yeah. Found that the other day. That guides you. I was Googling not sex guided meditation. <laughs> sure. Like, oh, this is not what I wanted. Wait, what do you, so this is like something you put on while you're lovemaking that's supposed to. No, it's something that you put on. It's amazing. Okay. First of all, it's amazing. There's a, it's pretty lively. Right. Like this subreddit is pretty There's active. a lot of action. Yeah. Uh, no, it's like there's two kinds of things. One is just fucking sounds. Okay. Just people either recording themselves masturbating Mm -hmm. or... The sound of it. Yeah. It's called Gone Wild Audio. It's part of the Gone Wild family (laughs) of subreddit. Uh Uh-huh. So it's partly like people uh, just recording audio of themselves going, oh, oh, oh. You know? One one thing is... (laughs) That's someone fucking a jungle animal? Oh, oh, yeah. Um, the the other categories are. I listened to a few different things because sure. I was it was I was so delighted mm-hmm. to have found this. How many Gone Wilds are there? Oh, there's tons of Gone Wilds. Huh? It's not just Gone Wild Curvy. If that's what you think. As far as I'm concerned, sure. that's the only Gone Wild. <laughs> so uh, there's that. I mean, why go, why go back and have hamburger when I know that there's steak? There's people. There's people – well, you know about there's a category of pornography called JOI for jack-off instructions, right? <laughs> I did it's not. It's like where a naked lady looks in the camera and goes like, all right, now put your finger in your butt or whatever. Sure. Uh, you know, I I assumed yeah. that as both a single guy and someone who, who – Professionally trolls Reddit? Yeah, right. Exactly. Who – who professionally is uh, looking at the internet, I would have heard of all the porns. Okay. okay. These, are, so, these are some... Number one, JOI is a type of porn. Okay. Number two... Jack off instructions. It's all right. It's not really my jam. Sure. Number two, in this thing, so they, they have uh, just recording sex sounds, mm-hmm. then they have um, uh, scenarios. You know what they should call JOI? What's that? Mr. Jizzard? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> uh... Uh, the second, the second one is, uh, uh, the second one is uh, scenarios. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, I'm, I'm your babysitter. Oh, you want you can drop sure. me off for work for after work, or like, I'm your sister. You shouldn't, you know, whatever. Right. Yeah. 
Uh, and uh, they tend to get real weird real fast in any category of pornography sure. that's not filmed because right. uh, they can right. legally. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, the third category is uh, self-hypnosis that's, that's supposed to get you to have an orgasm without touching your penis. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Who who leads you through these? A woman with a Scottish accent. Huh. The one that I heard. That is a pretty erotic accent. It was relatively erotic. Is it like about... It like, was... Hey, I listened to a few minutes of it. It wasn't bad. Is it about f- like flexing your... Is it about doing like kegels or like, you know... No, you're going down some clenching? erotic stairs. Huh. You're counting five, four, three, two, one. Huh. And it's supposed to get you to jizz. That's my understanding. Interesting. Do you know about any other Gone Wilds? I'm I'm amazed that these exist. No, that's the most in, by far the most. Well, oh well, have you seen uh, the Gone Wild? Where uh, well, there's regular Gone Wild for anyone who doesn't sure. know a lot about the p- pornography on the internet mm-hmm. is where uh, people post pictures of themselves naked on Reddit, right? Um, and the, uh, there's a there's a gay one for dudes. Mm-hmm. Women don't really care to look at dudes. I mean, there are some women that like to look at dudes, but mostly your 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 regular one is almost all ladies. Mm-hmm. And then there's a gay one for dudes. Mm-hmm. Then there's um, Gone Wild Kirby mm-hmm. for Jordan. Sure, yeah. Then there's so, uh, subreddit for one. Uh, there's uh, uh, Gone Wild stories where people just write a sex thing that happened to them. Okay, this is the this is the where the where the penthouse forum has moved. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, uh, penthouse is getting out of the publication business. It's going to be all online. Oh, that's too bad. I know. Our last. What am I gonna What am I gonna get at the corner news agent? I don't know. I guess jugs. Yeah, she's got yourself to go and get into jugs or perfect ten. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, Gone Wild Stories. I've looked at that one. Well, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. If you go, this is my recommendation to you, Jordan. Please. If you really want All to get ears. a kick out of the 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 beautiful rainbow of human sexuality, mm-hmm. and also some of its grotesque darknesses, sure. There's a random button on the top of Reddit mm. that takes you to a random subreddit. Uh-huh. But if you start at a, an adult or not safe for work Reddit, sure. there's also one for not safe for work Reddits. Mm. And so you can click through and you just get, just be in awe of just the different things that are a specific interest group for a specific group of people. Okay. It sounds like a hoot. I'm trying to think of what. I'll just sometimes when I'm bored, mm-hmm. I'll just I'll just click on it for ten minutes and just see the different things. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I think I've well, we've talked in here about uh, about uh, my love of the random scrolling porn search yeah, terms. Sure, it's exactly the same. Yeah, thing. snake it crawls is, into pussy. It is exactly. I mean, like you know, like Tinas Japan. You know, two thirds of them are just like. Milf, sure, or whatever you know, mm-hmm. just something that's right, something pretty. It's relatively vanilla adjacent, relatively sure. specific, but but uh, you know broadly understood, right? But uh, then you find like uh, a bimbo, mm-hmm. which is like people who are into like almost unhuman caricatures. Of like the kind of dumb blonde porn star thing. Sure, yeah, like a like a Valley Girl in an eighties movie. Uh, th- that was Bimbo. There's ones for like disinterested. I don't remember what that one was called. <laughs> like the woman is disinterested. Sure, it was a uh, it was relaxation station employee. Yeah, exactly. It's amazing. It's okay. an amazing. It's amazing and amusing. But 
I just don't want to I don't want anyone to go into this like once in a while uh, because it's not safe for work things. Once in a while, you accidentally end up in like a Nazi one. <laughs> oh, but like okay. once every thirty times, you sure. won't end up in a Nazi one. It's mostly fun. or something that is genuinely distressing, okay. sexual but distressing. Sure, because it's it's a wide, it's a big world out there. Sure, but mostly so it's, some people have access to morgues. Mostly, it's sexual and amusing. Okay, almost all. Mm-hmm. But just be prepared for one in thirty to be like two. You know, for you to be looking into. The dark recesses of, yeah. you know, yeah. Do you, you can just press it again? Whatever. You're just like, oh no, that's yeah, weird. okay. Yeah. yeah, okay. Hey, it's fun. Seems- Let's, we're gonna skip momentous occasions, I guess. <laughs> I mean, that seems like it was a pretty momentous occasion. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morse, boy detective. Well. I hope you've enjoyed spending this time with us. Yeah. Thanks America. for being here, audience. I really got some shit off my chest this week. We appreciate week. you. This is what happens when a guest forgets that they're supposed to be on the show. <laughs> yeah. Just, Jesse really gets some shit off his chest. Yeah, well, go. It's cathartic. I hope that was, it was more useful to you than your trip to the relaxation station. Uh, they were both pretty great. Yeah. And they're both worth the 20 bucks. By the way, I'll, I'll give you the 20 bucks when we're done with it. <laughs> no problem. Have you thought about, instead of the chairs we have in here, uh-huh. uh, which are, you know, pretty comfortable chairs. Yeah. Uh, you know, nothing, and nothing special, but they're nice. Uh, they're like good a for... modern school chair. Sure. Uh, maybe getting some clamshells with floating mattresses and air jets. Yeah. I mean, you know, you can do your shows, but all the other shows that record in here can you know, reap the benefits of a relaxation station recording experience. And if they are trying to franchise, maybe the times when people aren't recording, you can just have relaxation station customers come up here and uh, they can, they can you know, enjoy the station. Yes, it's like a side business. Do you think I'd have to buy the franchise? I don't know. I what mean, if, I could just, instead of, how about this? Mm-hmm. Instead of having to buy the franchise so I get the scripts for the guided meditations, mm-hmm. I just use the stuff from the Gone Wild audio subreddit. Pipe that in here. Yeah. Pipe a Scottish woman telling you about how to squeeze your Vos Deferens while you walk downstairs. When I was listening, I listened to, I like a skip to the middle of it. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, what happens in like the middle? Because in the beginning, she's just telling you that this is sure. going to happen. It's like podcasts where they talk about what they're going to talk about. We know. Just start talking about it. Yeah. In the middle, there was a part, and it was, you were imagining a staircase, and you were walking down it one step at a time, and each step was getting you closer to... Jizztown. Yeah, I guess Jizztown. Hmm. I think she she was Scottish, so I think she said Jizzville. Okay. Yeah, sure. It's a regional thing, I guess. I mean, I don't know. We'd have to ask. Anyway, just a thought. Just a thousand miles, guys, to get the. (laughs) Yeah. Just a thought. Maybe get these chairs out of here. Get some relaxed the back pods Mm -hmm. and just kind of see how it it affects the recording process. I'm guessing for the better. Yeah. But maybe things will be too chill. MaxFunStore.com is Mm -hmm. where you can buy those Get Them, Get Them, Get Them t shirts. Right. Um,. By the way, uh, we're only like a oh oh. How about this, Jordan? Mm-hmm. Uh, last year in the Max Fun Drive, yeah, we promised to create. Uh, we promised to record an episode of the show uh, on a boat that we had bought on Craigslist in MacArthur Park Lake, 
hashtag JJ Go Grosslake. Mm-hmm. It's happened. It's up. People can listen to it. If you're a Max Fund donor, it's in the donors feed. If you're a donor, five dollars a month or more. Uh, if you're not, you can become a donor. Maximumfund.org/slash/donate. No matter who you are, you can go to our YouTube channel. Just search for Maximum Fun on YouTube or JJ Go Gross Lake, and you can see the uh, video. It's a lot of fun. A little five-minute video of us. You know, a few highlights and lowlights. I like to call them. Sure, it's a it's a roller coaster. Uh, lowlights is like it's like a play on highlights. So like mm. highlights is like the best things, and then lowlights. Oh boy, it's like a fun. Sir, t- these are the things that were not so good. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Exactly. It's like if you imagine, I don't know if this has ever happened, but if you imagine like two baseball players are both trying to catch the same ball, but then they they run right into Boy, each other. That sounds like a hilarious blooper. Ball falls between, no, it's called a low light. Mm, mm-hmm. Right. So I would call it a low light. Like, you might call it a blooper. That's happened. This is ha- now, this is what happens right before Letterman comes on? Yeah, exactly. Okay. And Brian actually, I was talking to Brian about this yesterday. Mm-hmm. He calls it a practical joke. Mm. Hmm. Well, there's a lot of different names for so it. There's all kinds of different names. Maybe Brian, regional thing. Sonny D. Fernandez is on the boards for this week's program, Laughing Outside the Booth. Uh, you can join us on Twitter, at Jordan underscore Morris, mm-hmm. at Jesse Thorne, uh, on Facebook, the Maximum Fun Group, MaximumFun.Reddit.com, and of course, Reddit.com slash R slash Gone Wild Audio sure. for all your hands-free <laughs> orgasm needs. Oh, hey, I got, uh, in addition to our shirts, after you've bought the shirt, I have another thing that people could buy if they oh, want to buy that? another thing. What's that, Jordan? That is related to me slightly. Yes. Uh, I did a little bit of writing for the Rift Tracks guys recently. Oh, this is something people should definitely uh, buy. Yeah, these are the guys, a couple of the dudes from Mystery Science Theater 3000. They have a, a funny website called Rift Tracks where you can buy funny commentaries for movies uh, you can watch on DVD or uh, some nice Rift shorts. Some Mike kind of... Nelson, Bill Corbett, Kevin Murphy. These Those... are among the best guys in show business. The best of the guys. Uh, anyways, they re- let me write some jokes for them. Uh, kindly, they fucking made my goddamn life and let me write some jokes for them. Man. Uh, and yeah, dream. the first the first short that I got to do some writing on came out. It's called uh, Shapes We Live With. So I think if you went to... Uh, rifttracks.com you can uh, look for shapes we live with uh, it's mm, 99 mm, cents mm, it's around 15 mm. minutes of funny funny goof goof mm. uh, yeah g- grab it and uh, g- get at me on twitter see if you can pick out a joke that I wrote yeah that that's a, fun seems like a fun scavenger hunt that seems like a fun thread on the reddit oh yeah I would love that you know what I'm gonna have Rach Tacular start that thread it sounds like yeah it sounds like you should get her on that Rach it'll, it'll get done Start the thread. Which of these jokes is one that Jordan wrote? Mm-hmm. Let's see. You're going to have to I'll get buy on this. there. This is going to cost you 99 cents, Rachel, but it's worth it. Yeah. This is 99 cents well spent. I think I don't, I can't imagine. I spent 99 cents on this myself mm-hmm. and had a had a blast. I think that's 99 cents well spent. And uh, yeah, I'll get on there on Reddit and I'll tell when you. When you talk right about three of the nicest, funnest, funniest guys mm-hmm. in Hollywood, and then you throw on top of that, a fourth nicest, funniest guy well, in Hollywood, Jordan Morris. Mm-hmm. You really can't beat that. It's a lot of fun. So, And there's a bunch of new shit in the Max Fun store this week. Coming into the store this week. Boom. Uh, and use the code full short. I mean, except not the Max Fun store. They put this on mm-hmm. shop. Put this on shop and use the code full short. You'll get free shipping. Boom. Lots of beautiful things in there. Pocket squares. Boom. Baseball caps. Vintage collectibles, etc. We'll talk to you next time on Jordan Jessica. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.